0: Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Thank you. My name is Martha. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm very happy to be here with you this morning. I, uh, I'm so pleased to see folks that I haven't seen in a while, thanks to Zoom. So I'm going to tell my story, uh, weaving in the the tools as I go along, hopefully. Um, I, I was thinking this morning at breakfast about the phrase that we work the program. And when I was new to OA, I didn't exactly know what working the program meant, but it occurred to me this morning that we do work with tools and it's one of the ways that we work the program. I think of it primarily as as working the steps of reading the step and writing about the step and reading what I've written to someone else, Uh, but there, there are also all those tools and they're, Key. They have been key to me through this this time that I've been in the program, and I realize my voice is a little quivery. I I almost always feel anxious when I share. I've been in OA a long time, and I have got gotten a lot of recovery of my fear from my fear of people, but um, it comes up and and here it is and and i accept it as as something that's part of me in a, in a way i i react in certain situations and i think what i'm going to do is talk about what it was like what i was like more than 30 years ago now when i came into oa and how the steps and the tools have have resulted in some transformations, some things that were the case every day, pretty much every day of my life, leading up to the day I walked into the first meeting, um, that aren't the case anymore. So, um, as I said, I've been in, in OA for a long time. Before that time, I consider that I was a compulsive overeater from at least age three or four. And I um, I ate compulsively. I ate a lot, but I also ate compulsively. And <clears throat> it started getting um, physically obvious the the disease in me um, when I was about eight. I can look at my school pictures and I can tell that that was the year that I started putting on weight. It was also the year that my grandfather, whom I was very close to, died. Uh, he lived with us and and we had a very special bond. Uh, we had a bond around art, actually, and um, that loss, I think, well, certainly was overwhelming and I didn't know what to, what to do. And I habitually turned to food for, for, because of big feelings. If I feel, felt overwhelmed or um, even very excited, that was my default. And I, I literally felt hungry, at what I thought was hunger, essentially every waking hour of the day. I had this feeling and that I labeled as hunger. I I know now that it was often thirst or tiredness or fear or you know some other thing, but I perceived it as hunger and I fed it to try to make it go away. And what I how I conceive of it now is that, you know, I was doing the best I could. Could, I was using a tool that I had at my disposal after I got to a certain age and could go and open the refrigerator and get food on my own. And um, I thought I was taking care of myself but actually I was depriving myself. I see it as a form of neglect that rather than getting, trying to get my needs met some other way Um, I had this default mode that actually made me more unhappy. If I was unhappy, made me feel badly about myself and blocked my even knowing what I was feeling. That's five minutes, Martha. Thank you. So I'm going to take a sip of water since I'm definitely dry-mouthed, if not thirsty. So um, I'll give a few numbers, and, and then I do want to talk more about the tools specifically. Uh, I've been in OA 34 years now, and my top weight I, I reached when I was a, a an adolescent, and it was about between 50 and 60 pounds more than I weigh now, and I Yo-yo dieted from the age of 11. I was put on my first diet by a pediatrician when I was 11. And my weight went up and down for precisely 30 years. I came into OA at 41, I'm 75. And um, I would lose 10 pounds, 30 pounds, you know, at, at once maybe, maybe as much as 50, probably more like 30 or 35 or 40. But it, it I, I went up and down and up and down and up and down, literally for decades. And I ate all day long. I was a grazer. And I was talking about transformation earlier. One of the things that is different after these this time in OA is that I eat three meals a day and nothing in between. Going from probably close to 40 years of eating all day long because I'm because I was 41 when I came in um, and 30 years of 30 solid years of dieting I'm not on a diet I've maintained weight loss since my first year in OA and from going up and down big swings, um, I've had a steady weight for more than 30 years and I don't eat all day long anymore and I'm not hungry all day long anymore. And that I consider a transformation and it's a result of being in this program. I don't understand it. I don't understand how exactly how it happened. But I did Work these tools that I that I'm eventually going to get to talking about. Um, what happened? And I was also miserable. I had a lot of things in my life that I had wanted, that I had strived mightily for, but I was not happy. In fact, I was quite miserable, and was in a very troubled relationship. And I had a very troubled relationship with myself. I did not like myself. I didn't. Um, I, I sort of tortured myself many hours of the day and I lay awake at night doing that. Um, the, the thoughts were, uh, you know, a lot of them were about weight and body image and, and what a uh, crappy person I was and what, and what all I'd done wrong. um, and I don't, I don't experience that anymore either. I've gotten a lot of relief. So what happened was 34 years ago, um, I, I knew somebody who was in 12-step and this is where service comes in. She was a woman who cut my hair and she'd been in one 12-step program for a while and then she got into OA. And she talked about being in 12-step and she talked about going to meetings and she talked about um, holding hands at at the end of the meeting. And I thought that was kind of weird, but I'd known this woman a long time. She was a lot of fun. She was sort of irreverent and um, just sort of a ball of energy and She did me a huge service by talking about the fact that she was in recovery. And when I got absolutely desperate because I also have other addictions and one of them was probably gonna kill me faster than this one would. um, I was was afraid I was gonna kill myself inadvertently. And there were times I wanted wanted to kill myself to get away from the misery. Um, one night I went to talk to her and she did two things that involved two more of the tools. She um, offered to take me to a meeting to go with me to my to uh, a meeting and she gave me a couple of books to read and one of them was, I've, I've got some books piled up here. One of them, was, five, Martha. thank you, was the first edition of of this book, Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, I guess it used to be solid brown. It's the book of stories. And excuse me, another drink of water. Um, I read so there were two books from her, two programs, and I looked through the one, and um, I really couldn't identify very much with the stories in that book. But I picked up our book, and I don't know for sure, but what I how I remember it was that I read the book all night long and that I read every story in the book. I don't think that's really the way it happened. I don't think I could have read the whole book in a single night. But I do know that I identified with every story in the book. No matter what version of this disease the person had, I could identify with parts of it. And I think of that as the beginning of a spiritual awakening, that after feeling alienated and separate and different than, and and feeling as though I needed to isolate for my self-protection for decades, I began to feel a part of right away. And it was because of the literature. Um, I'm a book person. You can't see my, my books. And this is my office that we're in. Um, but, you know, I got a lot of books. And, um, and that was a way in for me, a way into other people's lives and a, and a way into understanding my own life better and this disease that I do have a disease. And that when I overeat rather than getting full and wanting to stop I want more I and I'm powerless over that reaction to overeating so it's better for me to refrain from overeating and I guess I'll talk about my food plan um I went to that meeting with that person and she sat beside me and I heard heard things that made me want to come back. I, I heard one guy in particular um, say that that he was a mathematician and he didn't quite get the whole higher power thing. That it sort of wasn't his deal, um, but that he it, that it was working for him or he was seeing it work in other people and. Um, um, that appealed to me. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but it appealed to me that that people weren't just swallowing everything, excuse the pun, hook, line and sinker. They, people could bring to this their own sensibility and um, I, I didn't have to be in lockstep with, you know, what, it, what the whole thing. And, you know, among the books on my desk is this book, the big book, and and um, when I read it, I changed, you know, they said to change the words. They said to change the word alcohol to food, and I did that, and I changed a whole lot of other words too. Um, so, um, oh, my food plan. I, after, just a very short number of meetings. I asked somebody to be my sponsor, and I and I don't really know why, because I came in very suspicious of people, of the whole thing, and especially of strangers. But this woman was appealing to me. I um, she had lost some weight, but she wasn't at goal weight, and that was reassuring to me that she was willing to sponsor she raised her hand as a sponsor but um she did she wasn't skinny and I certainly didn't trust I didn't trust people period but I didn't trust skinny people at all and um, that's another five more thank you so I've got five more mm-hmm. so um so I'm talking now about about sponsorship and the food plan so this woman Gave me her food plan, and it was a certain amount of um, protein at each meal—three to four, grand, uh, three to four ounces of protein at each meal. Um, a measured amount of oil. Uh, I—I'm th- trying to remember. I think it was one tablespoon at breakfast, so it could be like a, a tablespoon of butter or whatever, and, or you know if you're cooking an egg you could you know use oil and and maybe two at at lunch and dinner um because a dressing on a salad or to cook with or whatever and uh, a certain a a measured amount of carbohydrate and the servings were like a half a cup of rice was was a serving or a a half of a cup of oatmeal um and uh small potato. Anyway, it was a a limited amount of carb and uh, a measured amount of those other things. And she didn't say anything about vegetables. So I, I mean, obviously she did talk about fruit and how much of that and so forth and so on. Anyway, I started doing what she told me. And again, from, you know, from eating all day long, I started doing this and um, I lost 10 pounds a month uh, the first few months and um, and now my food plan is very similar. I'm trying to remember the exact proportions um, and but the, but there's a big emphasis on protein. I, I have 20 grams of protein at every meal minimum and a, a lower, Um, amount of carb than I think the average American eats. Uh, And if anybody wants to know more about how I figure that out, I'll put my number in the the chat and you can call me. I certainly welcome calls. And I guess I've got probably two more minutes. And so I'll say a little bit about the telephone. Um, I hated that part. We were supposed to make three phone calls a day and I didn't wanna do it and I actually didn't do it. Uh, I will say that if I have a favorite step, it's probably sponsorship. I've had several sponsors. I sponsor, sponsor several people. I absolutely love it. I think it accounts for a large part of the transformation, that being able to bond with somebody and trust somebody and know I'm hearing the truth and being able to tell the truth um, and being, just being able to, uh, to be with. I think something happens when we're in each other's presence and I hope that it happens on Zoom. I, I, I get the feeling that it does, especially the ones of us who've, who have been physically with each other. Um, and I like the phone now. I love texting. I love emojis. And um, I love that we can you know, do it in the hour of the day or whatever and, and reach each other. And I, I, I really like podcasts. I don't know if I'm gonna like this one so much, but, um, but I don't speak for OA as a whole. And luckily you all, a lot of you will get to speak this morning even though it won't go on the recording. And um, all the tools have meant an enormous amount to me and have contributed to the transformation that I've seen and felt in myself and that I have seen and felt in in the ones of you whom I know. So I didn't talk about anonymity, but um, it allows us to speak without fear of being gossiped about and It says that we're all equal and the freedom in that is enormous. I'll just end by saying that I'm going to take another drink of water. I used to feel very guilty about eating. I thought I thought it was gonna be pl- pleasurable and that was the mental uh, attraction, but really it, was, um, it wasn't what it is today. Eating abstinently is an incredibly pleasant experience and uh, I didn't expect it to change in that way that th- it's not an austerity program and I guess one of my main points that I've saved to the very last is that I can't put down the food and those food behaviors with, and the food that's harmful to me without having something to take its place. And you guys and the higher power of my lack of understanding and the tools are what we get to pick up instead. So thank you for listening. And I'm so glad to see your faces. And uh, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about the tools and how you've experienced transformation.